Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and today I've got a couple fellas joining me to preview the upcoming third season of the WBL team format. I've got Billy Campbell, Lil Mike, as well as Nick Brown on producer duties. Fellas, how are we doing? Hanging in there. How are you doing? Doing well. Is it a super hot near you right now? Actually, it's not. It's like not even 80 degrees out here. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, we got a nice little cool down. It's been like 90 degrees for like two weeks in a row. Like, you know, that's Arkansas for you. We are not here to talk weather. We're not here to talk climate change. We are here to talk some wiffle ball. And with season two in the books for the WBL, we look forward to season three. It's going to look a little bit different in season three. We had to, the WBL had to undergo a redraft due to just some player availabilities for the rest of the summer. And that has resulted in the Hanks, the season one champions going inactive for season three. That leaves us with the bums, can coochies and snowflakes to go along with at least one expansion team that will be the beauties and we could have a second one on the way but the details are still being finalized on whether or not that will actually happen so we're still going to have at least four teams for season three we may have a fifth team that's going to be finalized in the coming days uh hopefully but let's talk about the redraft so alec i believe got the first overall pick for the Cancuchis. And he took Mark Marcus Latif, and I believe, if I have it right, Nick, you got the second pick. Yes, I did. And then Zach had the third pick for representing the Snowflakes, and they had themselves a nice little snake draft. So after it was all said and done, the Cancuchis ended up with two former players. Uh, Alec ended up with two of his former three players in Mike and Paul, and he adds former Snowflake Marcus to his squad. The Bums also retain. Nick was also able to retain two of his three former players as he is bringing back DS and Jonathan, and he also gets to add former Hank and all-star DJ. And then Zach brings back Billy Campbell to the Snowflakes, and adds former all-star and Hank's captain, Patrick Miller, as well as former Bums rookie, Zach Sato. So those are the new look three teams. Obviously, we'll have the ex- an expansion team or two as well. But let's just focus on the three redrafted teams. And let's start by talking about the, the Bums. We have to talk about the Bums first and foremost after their dominant showing in season two. Do we have to? Do we really have to? You absolutely have to. Respect us. Let's just, Mike, let's just get it out of the way. First and foremost, the Bums ran table, ran the table last season in season two. They were the regular season champs. They won it, the overall championship in the playoffs. And now they bring back more or less the same team and they get to add DJ for uh, only part of the season as he will be leaving first week of August. So, the Bums will be down a player for the stretch run and the playoffs, but they get to keep the core of their season two championship team intact. So, Billy, I'm going to start with you. 
Give me your thoughts on what the bums look like going into season three. I mean, not much has changed, right? I don't know. Adam DJ is good. It'll be awesome to have him for, or like Nick, you know, having one of his cousins available uh, since one of them wasn't available this uh, second season. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think as I think it's kind of suspect getting DJ. Will he will he leave the first week of August? I've heard rumblings that he might leave the second or third week so i don't know whether or not i don't, I don't, I don't know i'd love to see what runs out though mike yeah you know congrats to them on winning the mickey mouse season two title that's that's all and, oh you 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 fucker cool congrats you won the spring but no one cares about it. no one will remember covid season yeah the covid the covid title COVID um, season. now real season and uh they bring their their core of their mickey mouse team and add in you know nick's really talented football ball who, you know, will help them in the regular season, but when push comes to shove, he's not going to be there. He's going to go help out the, uh, the UMass football team. You want to talk about Mickey Mouse? My God, <laughs> that's a Mickey Mouse I've ever seen one. That's, that's, that's a completely different one. In all seriousness, Bombs have a lot of talent. They come in without question the preseason favorites to win it all, just based on the fact that they're going to probably dominate during the regular season as long as DJ is there. They can somehow keep him around for later in the summer. They will line up to look really, really good for the playoff run. But assuming he is gone and they have to replace him, uh, rumors have it that Bum's captain, uh, Nick Brown, wants to replace him with his other cousin, Cam Boney, who is uh, known to be significantly less reliable, significantly less talented, and significantly less likable. Same level of communication, though, I would say. Yes, they do. On and off the field. That would probably be the only similarity. Between, you know, that would be a similarity. So, you know, DJ has a lot of communication. You just have to reach out to him directly. Okay, so they're actually completely opposite, if that's the case. Cam just sucks. <laughs> I was trying to give Cam, like, the benefit of the doubt and saying, all right, DJ, yeah, No, you? listen, you, you can't give a kid who just refused to show up for his team because of the time that the, the games are played at the benefit of the doubt. All right, yeah, Cam sucks. Um... So when they have to replace DJ with Cam, they replace really good with really sucky. And uh, that's not, you know, the way you want to do it. But DJ was a third-round pick, and you cannot replace him with more than the talent level of the third-round picks, which are the two people we were talking to right now, myself and Billy. So, you know, that, that could be a drop-off in the postseason. But their core is back from their spring title, and they should be a force to be reckoned with this year, assuming that they can continue their uh, – Play. Yeah, getting DJ in the final round of the draft was uh, definitely a steal and a half, regardless of how long DJ is able to play for them uh, in season three. There, I just, I'm sorry, there's just really no real good reason, in my opinion, that DJ should have been available to the bums in the third round. But here we are, and it, it happened. And uh, the league's just going to have to live with that if the bums are able to have another dominant season. Uh, that's just on the captains that decided to pass on him because he wouldn't be available in the playoffs. I was just going to say, you got two people to yell at if you're upset about it. So that's the bums. Let's move on. We've talked enough about them. Let's talk about the new, the new look snowflakes. So Zach has Miller, Sato, and Billy on his team now so i'm gonna start with you mike can the new look snowflakes break their curse of championship heartbreak in season three can they yes um the talent level is there miller does you know he's proven before he can be a championship number two he was that last year with the hanks with you ryan you know billy has 
has shown over the years that he could be a talent. He's developed probably better than most people um, relative to like where they started. You know, Billy and I were kind of here and now I'm like kind of here, but it was like kind of here. So he's definitely shown that improvement over the years. And Sato came in and made quite the first impression this year with the bums. And he's a, he's a really good hitter, mommy. You know, my questions with them don't revolve around the bats. All four of them can absolutely rake. Um, my questions revolve around the pitching. Miller didn't look good in the spring. Uh, Sato and Billy are very similar styles of pitchers where they're not necessarily bad, but they're not necessarily good. It all kind of depends on the day. Um, and this is coming from someone who was the worst pitcher in the league this past spring, so I'm not trying to talk shit or anything. And on it, this past spring, I literally had an 870. I, I completely suck. But in giving an honest assessment, Billy and Sato are very similar where they throw a lot of flat pitches down the middle that don't necessarily move all that well. And that can be effective from time to time when you go balance when you're on your game hitting-wise, that doesn't always work. So it's going to come down to pitching for them. If they can figure out a way to pitch, they're they're going to be a really good team this year. That, that will be there. Yeah, I see a lot of similarities, sort of like you said, with the Hanks from season one, where I just drafted a team that could all hit, and we had like one good pitcher on the team, we thought. And we were just like, well, if we pitch, we pitch, but I know we're going to hit. So let's just out hit everyone. And that's basically what we did. But we, what we didn't think uh, was going to happen was that we were going to pitch as well as we did. And that's even though the win loss may not have shown it as much, we definitely outperformed our expectations and we were able to put together a championship run in the playoffs. And I, I think that's what Zach is banking on here. It's the summertime. The balls fly out differently uh, in, later on in the summer as uh, we saw in season one as opposed to season two. And I think that's what Zach's really just banking on here. He loaded up on the bats and he is banking on the bats and that pitching will be just good enough to get by. And he'll, he's, I think the mantra for the snowflakes is just out hit everyone. Am I wrong to say that, Nick? No, I mean, I think uh, uh, he's copying the uh, season one Beanfield bump strategy of just trying to out hit everybody else. And you saw how that turned out for us. Absolutely dominated the offensive side of the game. But when it came down to it, and especially in the playoffs and in plenty of other games, we couldn't pitch other teams when, when they were able to get their own hits. It uh, did us in dirty, and that led us to a 9-9 season. So uh, it's quite the gamble, like you mentioned, but I, I don't like their odds very much, just given that their pitching could be pretty sus. And Zach right now, listen, he had a 2-11 ERA, but all year he's been seemingly missing the zone. He's been a little uh, inaccurate compared to his prior season. So uh, he's going to have to step it up and be a true ace of the year for this team if they're going to have some long-term success and make a run. I think that's actually a pretty good point that you bring up there, Nick, is that last season, Zach leaned on his teammates in Marcus, DR, and Billy for a lot of pitching. It was very evenly spread out, the innings the workload for pitching. And now you look at the snowflakes and the first thing that comes to mind is if things go bad, Zach's going to have to pitch as much as possible. I, I don't, I think he still has the capability of doing that, but I don't know. Like, I'm not sure because I haven't seen it in a little bit. So uh, that that's another concern that I would have for the snowflakes is not only do they have the pitching from a, a overall depth perspective, but can Zach be relied upon to pitch as much as he needs to if push comes to shove. That, well, that people forget uh, walking into the playoffs, Billy Campbell is sporting a 0.75 ERA, nice and squeaky clean. So uh, there's no reason why Billy can't be the number two guy on this team. 
Oh, uh, and no doubt. I mean, we saw only le less than two years ago, Miller finished like second or third in the Cy Young. I mean, he put together one of the best statistical ERA seasons in league history with a 1-5-2 ERA in 2019. So he's capable of getting stupid hot on the mound too. And Sato, like uh, you were mentioning, he he was fine on the mound. I think he was 4-0 for Pete's sake on the mound in, in season two. So they have the oh ability God. to put it together. It's just on paper, maybe it doesn't, or talent-wise, maybe it doesn't seem like it on the surface, but it's definitely a possibility. And if they are, if they hit as well as I think they're going to hit, and if they hit as well as like the bums and the Hanks did in season one, it might not matter. We'll see. And then that leaves us with the RCCs, the Cancuchis. Uh, so Alec basically brings back his season one and two teams, but he gets to add Marcus in for the now uh, departed Matt Cunningham. Does Marcus make or break this team in terms of putting them in the conversation for winning a championship? Because there's a possibility that everyone will make the playoffs for season three. Those details are still being hammered out. So I won't ask, is he make or break for them making the playoffs? I guess the question I will pose to you guys is, do they make or break? Does Marcus make or break the RC season putting them in the conversation for winning or at least making it to the championship? Billy, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think I can speak on that pretty well, having been on Marcus's team the past few seasons, you know, and being being like a friend off the field. Uh, I think, I mean, essentially, uh, Matt Cunningham with Mark, which, I mean, a great pitcher for a great overall hitter, fielder, you know, just someone who's going to be there every weekend, who's going to dive for every fly ball, you know, give his heart out, which I mean, that's really what, I mean, I think that's the main reason why he won uh, number one, you know, just his reliability and being able to make an extended play that someone might not want to, you know, like a foul ball down the line if he's playing on the infield or something like that. I think he's going to be, I think now it's more, he's going to be relied a lot uh, more now, you know, I mean, being picked number one is kind of some expectations, you know, even though you, you might not be like a captain, he's going to kind of be relied on as a captain, in my opinion. Yeah. When you're taking number one overall, you're, you're basically the best of the rest in terms of the non-captains, which means you're, you're as good as a, you're basically being put on that. I'm as almost as good as, as a captain, if not yeah. as good or better. And I think I think Mark is, you know, I think he's at that level. I mean, he, he's been playing for as long as I think almost everyone in the league. So I'm sure he's, I've only seen a little bit, but I'm sure he's developed his game a lot too, you know? Yeah. Nick, what are your thoughts? Do you think the Marcus puts them into the conversation? Gets them out of the cellar? Uh, I gotta be honest with you, I don't. And uh, my evidence that I'm going to use to support this logic is that on the last, uh, last series of season two, uh, the the RCCs were without obviously Matt and Mike and in the series that they played Austin aka the bums uh, we let them use Marcus and Miller and they lost both games that they played against us so if a team of Alec Paul Miller and Marcus still couldn't get a win albeit the games were still somewhat closer um, they were both they, one run games by the way yeah, okay yes they were they were close they were one run games but the point remains, that's with Miller also in place of Mike, who statistically is a better hitter, of course. If they couldn't take a game from there, I don't have a lot of confidence in them being able to take a lot of wins over the course of the regular season uh, with the same team and then Marcus over Matt. Uh, they're still going to have some pitching problems. Alex is going to be relied upon. Marcus is going to have to be huge as the number two. And he proved that he could be uh, on the Snowflakes team with Zach. Uh, and he's going to have to repeat that for this team to have any chance. 
Uh, I definitely have some concerns about this team's success in season three. I think it's a it's a fair point to bring that that example up, but only to a degree. That that only shows that the bums can still overcome that that version of the RCCs. It doesn't that doesn't really tell me whether or not the RCCs can beat the new look snowflakes, whether they can beat the expansion team or either of the expansion teams, if there's two of them. So maybe it doesn't put them on the, yeah, they're definitely a favorite to win the championship caliber, but I'm, I'm very interested to see if, if just getting Marcus in on a full-time basis and having uh, four guys more often than not, hopefully will turn things around for the RCCs and turn them into a much more competitive wiffle ball team but uh let's uh i have a couple other quick headlines that i storylines that i do want to get your guys' thoughts on first one real quick mike did bring it up i think we're going to be unanimous in this one uh i think the favorite has to be the bums to win it all in season three uh mike you said that i agree with it billy do you agree with that i mean as much as i hate to admit it it probably is going to be the bums you know just it's the same team and they added one of the best players over the past few years, you know, which happens for whatever reason, you know. That sounds like some salt being thrown in Alec and Zach, if I've ever heard it. Ah, uh, quit stirring the pot there, Nick. All right, we'll we'll move on from that one. And then uh let's let's talk about the hitting versus pitching. This this is kind of like a an a basically a, a sticking point in preview shows. One one season hitting dominates, the next season pitching dominates. It it's always seems to be which one will take precedence. And it seems to be if the season takes place later in the summer, hitting is going to take precedence. If the season is predominantly in the spring, more so in the spring than the summer, then pitching will dominate. So with season three taking place later on in the summer, one would have to assume that hitting is going to bounce back again like it did in season one, where season one, we had 392 total runs scored throughout the re- the league compared to only 251 in season two. So I guess my question is, does anyone doubt that hitting is going to come back in season three? Uh, Nick, I'll let you start. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't fight the stats and the historical trends that we've noticed over the past few years in this league. I mean, it's just the hot air, the winds change, and they go in favor of hitting. The only way there would be any uh, change in that would be if for some reason we started playing at different fields. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Sources are telling me that that the field that we play at Forest Pond Park points in the same direction as Bean Fields. Even if we were to play there, it's going to be no difference in the direction of the winds so i anticipate the same things hitting's gonna go up and uh i would expect era's to be not as bad as last year maybe maybe for some yes but others we'll see but overall i would definitely expect averages to stay high for those that are already high and increase for others who might have been low because of the colder weather mike i mean listen i start using some pine tar to get some spin rate balls <laughs> uh, start throwing some nasty curveballs my spin rate will go way up people are gonna be saying speed left around and be like no it's spin rate um but you know it, the numbers don't lie those 392 versus 251 it's that way for a reason the first games this year we were playing it was sub 60 raining outside i think we outscored we being the rccs i think we outscored it was the bums four to three in our first series of the year and there were like 12 balls that were hit into the air that would have been summer home runs yeah that got knocked down by the wind and were caught by 
outfielders. I mean, I'm fairly certain I went toe to toe with Nick and we lost our first game of the year two to nothing. And I pissed four innings and only gave up two earned. So that goes to show in and of itself when I finished the season with an 875 ERA, how how pitcher friendly it was early in the year, or with me in particular being able to do that. Instead of two innings of the first game in a series instead of the first three innings, your ERA would be down like three or four points. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you there. There were a, a couple of outings where I um, told Alec, yeah, I got it, and I didn't have it. That tends to create problems. Um, you make that a jump, and you'll have a lot of success, I think, in season three, Mike. The potential's always been there with you, man. You just need somebody to bring it out of you. You need the right coach. Your deal, Alec, Alec is like a Doc Rivers, bro. You need the right guy. Oh, Alex's no, not. Oh my God. That's the worst captain in this league. Look at the stats. Look at the history. He's always been the worst GM of this league. I'm just saying. Listen, no, that's not fair. That's so not. All right, Billy, let me get your thoughts. Is hitting, you think hitting's going to bounce back in season three? Um, I think it most likely will. I think there's still a lot to learn about the new team, whether or not those kids can play. Because if they have two kids, or I know there's at least one confirmed team, but if there's two kids on the team that can throw a wiffle ball, you know, like it, it is really effective having two really good pitchers on your uh, team. Um, but I think I agree. I think it's going to end up being, um, you're going to see a lot more balls flying at the end of the year, you know? Like me, my only two home runs of the year were in the playoffs, you know? And that was like the, the one that when it was the warmest for the second season. Um, so the ball's just going to keep flying. And yeah, I mean, when, I mean, I, I think, like I said, a lot to do with the new team. So before we get into the, our awards predictions for season three and our, our championship series predictions, uh, I got a couple of stat tidbits I do want to toss out to you guys going into it. So f- in season two, only four players saw their OBP, uh, their on-base percentage increase from season one to season two. And that was DJ, Marcus, Miller, and Zach. Then f- for pitching, Miller was actually the only player to see their ERA worsen. His went up like a tenth of a point. Oh, so hold on. My ERA was better in season two than it was in season one. Yes, that, that is correct. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> oh, my. Yep. Um, and then uh, one little interesting tidbit that kind of just additionally enforces the whole season one to season two hitting pitching thing. Four players that qualified for the league leaders went undefeated on the mound in season two. Only one player was able to do that in season one. So uh, you just, you had a lot more parity on the mound in season one. And that was because hitting was running rampant. And last season, season two, you just had pitching dominating and effective pitching was just able to carry the day. So I'll be interested to see what plays out in season three. But let's get into our award predictions. Let's start with let's start from the top let's start with mvp zach won his second mvp in season two last uh earlier this year uh the only other person who's ever won mvp before is yours truly who did it three times so the question the question is will somebody new not named brian or zach win mvp this year or are we just gonna see zach carry the day when go back to back on mvp awards billy I'll start with you. Who do you have for the season three MVP? I mean, yeah, I think not much changes in this league from what I've seen. Um, and it's probably just going to be one of the chalk picks in terms of Nick or Zach. Seems like they are the league favorites uh, in multiple ways. So I, I mean, yeah, one of them. 
who knows, top coin flip, you know? Mike? Man, I want everything in me to, to not pick Nick Kristak just because it's just such an easy pick for MVP. Like, it's everybody knows it's like they're the two people that, like, consistently, no matter what, play well two ways. Now it's the only other guy who can really, really do it, like, just dominate on the mound and at the plate every single time out there. I think this will be the year Nick takes it just because he's overdue and I think you know, with what their offense could do early, it could demoralize other teams, which could, you know, force them to stop really playing as hard early in the games and, you know, drive down the ERAs on the bums in the regular season, at least, and that could inflate next case. My dark horse would be probably the captain of the beauties, Brady Gaynor. You know, I know he's a rookie coming into this league, but high school baseball player, similar to a lot of the guys in this league, you know, I assume he's going to be able to throw some good stuff on the mound and he's going to have a good bat. He'll be able to hold his own and compete at the highest level and probably step in and be one of the best in the league right away. So uh, I'm obviously biased because he's family, but you know, I, I think he could really show out in this summer league. Now, let me circle back to you, Billy. Did you actually give your official pick or did you, did you take the easy way out and just say coin flip? I think I kind of have a good idea on how most of the players in this league vote. And I think that it would be one of them. But yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see Nick win. All right. Is that, only, your, is that your pick? If it's only been you or Zach, I mean, I'd like to see someone else win, you know? Yeah. So is your official pick going to be going to be Nick or are you going to stick with Zach? Uh, yeah, let's scratch that two for Nick in this room right here. <laughs> Got it. Nick, who, who do you, if it's not you, who is it going to be? Uh, I, I wish I could give you an answer, but if I can't win the goddamn MVP in this league, nobody else will, whether it's rigged or it's legitimate. I, I, I just, it, it's not going to happen. Nobody else can win MVP if I can't beat Zach for MVP. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. So I don't have another pick from you. This league is going to vote Zach as MVP again. Uh, they're not going to be open any to change. Zach has his lap dogs, and that's about as much as I've already done this rant before. You're getting deja vu just sitting here talking about it. But uh, while I'm here, I, I got to head out uh, pretty much right now. So I'm going to give you just the rest of my picks quick fire. Um, I think Cy Young, if it's not going to be me, uh, I think this is an opportunity. Uh, if Cy Young's not going to be me, I think this could be a time where probably Marcus maybe gets it. I'll throw Marcus as my pick. As far as most improved, I'm going to say Lil Mike is going to win most improved in season three. Um, we don't have a rookie of the year. That's unfortunate. Baxter Award. I'm going to give my Baxter Award to DJ because I love DJ. I love my draft pick. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the Charlie Award, I'm going to give to the expansion team. I expect good vibes from them. Um, and Ryan, let me know if I missed anything there. Gold glove, doo-doo glove. Okay, so gold glove, I'll give that to uh, give that to Jonathan. He's the best fielder in the league. And uh, my doo-doo glove, I'll give to Miller because he's a piece of trash. And with right. that, I'm going to go drop into Fortnite. Mm, I need a couple more things from you. All right, all right. Well, what do you need? What do you need? Quickly. Who's going to be the home run champ, the uh, regular okay. season champ? A home run champ is going to be Zach because he's a stat pattern, but he'll lose in the playoffs as he does every year. Uh, regular season champ is going to be the bums because we're absolutely stacked. And what's the last thing you want? Championship series prediction. All right, championship series prediction. It's going to be the bums uh, versus bums versus snowflakes again. Part two, bums win in four if it's a five game series. All right, now go ahead and get out and do your Fortnite thing. Fortnite. All right, so now that we got that stupidity out of the way, we can uh, resume normal dialogue here, and we'll circle back now. Let's talk Cy Young here. So. Nick, as he gets out of here, he won Cy Young for the first time in season two. Previous winners include Zach, who's won it twice, Alec, as well as Matt Cunningham. Mike, who do you have winning Cy Young in season three? Man, um, 
That's tough because, you know, like you said, this is going to be an offensive season, and you really got to think about guys who have deceptive stuff, can miss bats, uh, and give you a different look. And one of the only guys who can do that is DS. He's the only left-hand pitcher in the league. He's coming off of a great spring season on the mound. Uh, he's got that two-pitch mix with a little slider and the two-seamer going on. You know, he, he looked really, really sharp on the mound this past season, and I think he's going to carry that momentum into the summer. You know, confident with this group is a big thing with him. He always – he needs the confidence. When his confidence is shaking, he's not the same player. But when he's got it going on, he can pitch with anybody, and he, he gets it going with the bat too. But in this case, we're talking pitching, and I think this is Diaz's time. I think he's – you know, he, I think he's – I know Nick won the Cy Young, but – I do think DS is the ace of the bumps. I would tend to agree with that. DS seems to be one of those players who's overdue for a Cy Young. He's been in the top two, top three conversation for the past couple of years, past couple of seasons. Uh, I think if he can overcome the, the summer swoon of pitching, uh, which season one, he certainly did not avoid the bug. Uh, if he's able to avoid it in season three, then I think he could definitely be in the conversation. DS is actually going to be my pick too, uh, although I am a little bit concerned because season one, he did not pitch well in these conditions. Billy, who's your pick for Cy Young? Um, I mean, someone on this group has got to be cocky. I'm giving it to myself. Are you kidding me? I was second in, yes. second in ERA this year. I think I got one Cy Young vote. Love it. It's just another example of how this league sucks off the two at the top and then everyone else is just in shit. Um, so saying that, I think stats don't matter. It will be, unfortunately, coin flip again. Zach or Nick, last time I went Nick, so this time I'll go Zach. I'm also going to answer earlier. I did not know Billy had that good of a season pitching. Billy is a really good pitcher, and that does bolster him quite a bit. I'm recanting on that. <laughs> Billy, I won't really apologize for my all right, this is the last time you'll see them. Like, he's not leaving my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> well, if uh, he doesn't show up to week one for the uh, RCCs, we know where yeah. he is at. Hey, listen, listen, the next time you hear a train horn, if I'm not here, just, just, you know, just yeah, just you know. assume correctly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to most improved. Uh, DS won most improved in season two. He joins a list of former winners that includes Nick, Jonathan, Marcus, and Billy Campbell. So, Billy, I'll let you lead this one off here. Who do you have as season three's most improved? Um, I think... I think if, if everything goes right, I think Marcus could go from uh, in the category of, like I said, like a like a after the captain. So like a five or six. I think he could be right at the top if he gets the pitching down. Uh, it's proven that he can hit. He can field. I think if he can like I added one pitch, I added the slider over the offseason and kind of just worked it into this season. I think if he can do a similar thing where he gets even just one other pitch, I think there's no reason why he can't. Um, Way most improved and even MVP potentially. Oh, okay, okay, Mike. Yeah, uh, I do like the Marcus pick. I'm gonna go with a different member of the RCCs though, not not myself. I know Nick picked me. I'm gonna go with Paul. Um, that was Paul, my vote last year. Paul's same here. Paul, Paul's always, you know, he looked better on the mound this past spring. Um, he didn't look as good with the bat, but that should come around in the summer. You know, his his slider was working better, and 
he's playing with Marcus now. Marcus is one of his boys, known to be one of his boys. I think that's something that could really, you know, bolster his confidence playing with someone like that who's going to have his back, you know, believes in him. Like, besides, like, you know, Matt, uh, Alec, and myself, we obviously all believe in Paul. But Marcus is like, he and Paul go back. They, They have a deeper connection than pretty much anybody you know, in the league, they went to high school together, same grade, Spelman and everything. So, you know, I think that's something that could bolster his confidence. And if he gets going with the bat, he can he can hit with the best of them. He really lengthens our lineup. And I think this is his time. Yeah, I definitely think Paul will be in the discussion here. But I'm going to go with Miller. I think he's also one of those people who's been making players that's been making some really good strides at the plate. The pitching has kind of fallen off a little bit. And I think that's kind of why he hasn't won this award quite yet but if he's able to get the pitching numbers in check and and keep to keep improving at the plate i mean he had 21 home runs in season one he was near the top of the leaderboard in season two his power numbers are showing to be legit he just needs to cut down on the strikeouts if he cuts down on the strikeouts and can get that era down in check I think Miller is, I think he should be an easy pick for most improved, but as we've know very well with the most improved awards, as well as some of the other awards, it's a complete toss up. So we'll have to see, but my pick will be Miller. In terms of gold glove, uh, this, this award, normally we hand it out to one player as we do with all our other awards. Uh, but in season two, the uh, voting committee went off, off the f- deep end. And there was a seven-way tie for first, so we had to hand out seven gold gloves in one season when we're only, when we're only supposed to be handing out one. So uh, a lot of people now have a gold glove on their ledger. Uh, Nick, DJ, Zach, Alec, Sato, and Jonathan all won their first gold gloves last season. And Marcus won his fourth straight gold glove And on top of that. So... I'll give my gold glove prediction first. I'm going to go with Sato. I like, I think Zach will be in the conversation for this because he had some really great plays towards the tail end of season two. Um, but I liked what I saw from Sato last year and he got a cut. He got a, he got some votes. He was one of the gold glove winners last year. And I think he could, he could stand out above the rest this year potentially. So I'm going to go with Sato in, for gold glove in season three. Billy, why don't we start with you for gold glove? Um, I think Gold Glove is going to be kind of, you know, handful of people that are in consideration. I think to get the Gold Glove, I think you got to show up enough to make errors, but not make errors, if that makes sense. You know, like you got to be there almost every week, getting flat, getting ground balls. And I feel like it's usually like an infielder just because they are getting that action, you know, um, I think, like, off the top of my head, I know Marcus, great defender. I know Nick's great. Zach's really good in the field. But I think I think a dark horse, besides, I mean, I, I think it's going to be someone in the mix. But I would say a dark horse is going to be DJ. I think he's great in the field. And if he's only there for a certain amount of time, I think he's going to really put in all of his effort and consequentially play really well in the field, as well as pitching and batting, which is historically what he's been done. Yeah, I, I like that DJ pick. I like um, I like the Sato pick too. I think those are both really good options. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I don't know everybody on the roster, but I'm gonna say it's gonna be somebody on one of the extensions. I think it's gonna be somebody who we haven't seen yet, who just comes in, gives like a really athletic presence, 
um, and lights it up, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I, I don't know who it will be. I can't give you a definitive answer. I'm just going to say new player, rookie, mm-hmm. unknown, uh, 2K my player. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of those, like, just somebody we haven't seen yet. I think I know that some of these high school kids, you know, they all they do is freaking run around and drink, you know, slushies and beer and like have unlimited amounts of energy compared to the rest of us and mm. shit. So it's, they're just going to, they're going to be wild and, you know, they're going to be fun. But I, I think one of them is going to probably come in and take the award. All right. Now let's kind of flip over to doo-doo glove. Uh, we've got DR who's unfortunately no longer with the league. We wish him all the best in retirement. And uh, he joins me in the retirement category it's unfortunate uh previous winners of or losers of doo-doo glove uh include miller nick and jonathan as well as last year's winner dr i will say that we're gonna add a new name to the list i i think this is another name that has been in the mix for quite some time and i think uh i think someone on this panel knows who i'm talking about he's raising his hand you can't see it because this is an audio podcast I'm talking about little Mike. Mike, it's not that I think you're a terrible fielder. It's that with your history of having some unfortunate moments in the field more often than you probably like, uh, I'm surprised you haven't won one of these to this point. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if you didn't improve enough in the field this year that you got stuck with doo-doo glove for just for that reason. I'm taking you to win doo-doo glove. Yeah, you know, um, I didn't know I hadn't won one either. That kind of surprised me because I do suck at field. I'm really, really bad at shooting. Um, and that says a lot about me because I really, you know, I'm not really good at anything when it comes to <laughs> wiffle ball other than showing up. Like, I'm really good at being there. But when I get there, I don't exactly do anything particularly well. I'm good for at least five strikeouts a day, hitting, not pitching. I'm good for about 500 runs a day, pitching, not hitting. And then I get in the field and I fuck up at least twice in 30 days. So I don't know how I got picked over DJ. That that still fucking shocks me. You're probably right. But in my head, I'm like, I'm refusing to win this award. I, <laughs> I just want to keep it going as long as I can. That would be the most impressive streak of all time. How many seasons can Lil Mike go? How many years can Lil Mike go without winning doo-doo love? So, you know, uh, for that reason, I'm going to pick Miller, you know, just because I'm going to go with Nick. And I think that, you know, he he now plays for Zach's team. And this league does have the anti-Zach lapdog bias. And Ryan, he he does simp for you, but without you there, he's going to naturally gravitate towards the next biggest dog. And Zach is the next biggest dog. So, you know, people, the anti-Zach crowd will go against who Zach wants. And if Zach doesn't want Miller and Miller has a bad enough season, steal the award from me and be the doo-doo glove. And I can go another whole year without saying, you know, I want doo-doo glove. And it would be really nice to say I still don't have a doo-doo glove trophy. Uh, so for that reason, I'm going Miller. Billy, who, who do you want to toss into the mix here? I think this award is going to be undeserved. I think it's going to be your... your- brother i think it's going to be nick i think i mean i was part of the the shadow chat so I, <laughs> the I, shadow government I, conspiracy yeah. to get nick his first doo-doo glove what happened the first year was wrong but unfortunately i think it's going to happen again i think a little bit of spice in the league something to stir up the offseason you know so i think let's get those rumblings going now how about that 
You heard it here first on this podcast. What better platform? What better time? What better platform? All right. Now, uh, let's get into the Baxter Award real quick. Uh, Mike, you're a former winner of the Baxter Award. It's, it's the WBL's version of the Hustle Award to make sure that we are spotlighting those that maybe the, the stats aren't always there, but they're absolutely giving it their 110% every time they're there. Uh, James Daly, who was a rookie for the Hanks, he won it in season two. The season one winners were Paul Miller and Mike. They shared it. Uh, so, Mike, I will start with you. Who do you like to win the Baxter Award this year? I think it's person sitting to my right. I think it's going to be Billy. You know, Billy always shows up. He's there consistently. He's always, you know, hustling. Uh, he's looking around the room. He, he, he's there every week. He gives it his all every time. He's got a good attitude every week. He's fun to play against. He's, you know, out of everybody, you know, who was on that Snowflakes team, you know, he he was the one guy who always, you know, kept a cool head, wasn't. And, and Marcus is one of those guys, you know, you love him when he's on your team, you hate playing against him because he's always talking. Love him now because he's on my team. Mm. But, you know, Billy, I hate him now because he's not on my team. Exactly. That's how it goes. You know, nature of the beast. Billy's the one guy who, you know, he always shows up, keeps a cool head, is fun, but he always gives it his all. He's there for the team, he's there for the boys. And, I think he's long overdue for this award. He, he has deserved this for a while. Oh, Mike, I agree with you yet again. I think you nailed it on the head. I feel like Billy's Cable is the perfect embodiment of the, the Baxter Award. Always there, always giving it his all, and just there to have a blast, have a good time. And if he wins, that's that's the cream on top. So um, I think that's, that's, that's what the Baxter Award is all about. So I'm also going to go ahead and say, Billy, you've got this one for season three. So who do you think's going to win it, Billy? Um, I know he's running up there in uh, age, but I really think Dan Sadik's going to have a season <laughs> that is going to turn people's heads. I mean, people's always, people are always saying how he's so old. And I think for how old they say he is, he runs great. He hits fine. pitches great. So I think there's no reason why Sadik can't and shouldn't win this award. <laughs> Grandpa Diaz for Baxter Award coming off of uh, most improved award season, an all-star performance, and a championship run. <laughs> no 42-year-old no Dan Sadik will win the <laughs> that's a good one I, if if he wins the baxter award i'm not saying it wouldn't be well deserved but that would be that would be wild all right let's get into the meat of our our predictions here so now we're we're talking home run champion we're talking who's gonna which team is gonna be the regular season champions and then who's gonna make it to the championship series and who takes it all. So let's start off with the home run King. So Nick and Zach each tied for the league lead in season two. So that was Nick's third time being a league leader in home run. Zach's second, the only other person to do it. You guessed it me. I did it twice. So is there any way it is not one of those two to lead the way in home runs? Billy, I will let you start. Um, I mean, I think there's a chance. Yeah, you got a bunch of great hitters in the league, you know. Um, I think, like we talked about earlier, with the weather getting warmer, the balls are going to fly. So, I mean, I, I better have more than two fucking home runs than last season. You know what I mean? So, I think balls are going to fly. I think 
I think Nick and Zach, um, great picks for it just because they've been consistent for so long. But from what I saw in a short sample size, I like Sato, honestly. I think he's got like silly power and he doesn't know how powerful he can be. And like I saw I saw a couple of foul balls during the playoffs go like ridiculously far. So I think I think he's a good good someone who has a good shot at giving it a uh, a chance at breaking up between the two top dogs in the league. Mike, I'm gonna go with Marcus. Um last year's home run derby champion. You know, yeah, it's it's a bold take. People forget. Um, but he, you know, we did the Derby last year and he showed out uh, against, you know, the likes of some true power hitters in that final. Yourself, Ryan, Matt Cunningham, and noted power hitter, me. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I had to remind everyone that I, I made the home run derby over certain people who have won home run titles, you know, got through that final round. Bless up. Um, but yeah, no, I, when the ball starts carrying, you know, his swing can really, he can drop the ball out. Um, he's going to be one of the top two hitters in our lineup going into the season. I don't know if I was going to hit him one or two, uh, but he'll, he'll get plenty of opportunities. He'll get plenty of chances to swing the bat. Um, you know, him hitting from the left side in a mostly right-handed pitching league with the exception of DS is a gargantuan advantage for him. Uh, only having to deal with that one left-handed arm and he's got the raw power. He can do it. it what, whether or not he will put it together is the question mark, but I, I think this is, this is when he does that. He, he can, if he can get on a run early, he's, he's going to make some noise and probably surprise people. So I'm going to have a boring pick here. I'm going to pick Nick to win it unanimously. <laughs> But if I'm going to give a dark horse, I'm going to pick a dark horse. I'm going to go with Jonathan. And the reason I say that is (laughs) yes, Jonathan low key is usually higher in the home run leaderboards than people realize. He's usually lurking in that four to five, three to five range. Uh, It's usually some combination of Zach and Nick at the top. Miller has entered that discussion. I was always up at the top of that discussion. But Jonathan was always in that top five, whether people realize that or not. And he's always been a very good hitter for contacts and getting on base purposes. But he low-key is a pretty solid power hitter as well. If there's anyone to watch for come season three, who could maybe give Zach and Nick a run for their money, not just for like uh, a couple weeks, but for the, the course of the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan were the guy to be up there in the home run race. So don't sleep on Jonathan. Regular season champion. That's, let's talk about that. So the bums were the regular season champions in season two. And the snowflakes were the only in the team format era. The only other ones were the snowflakes who were the season one regular season champs. Um, so with that being said, I am going to also second Nick's pick of himself in the bums for the regular season champs. Uh, Mike, who do you like to be the regular season champs? For season three i'm going with the snowflakes uh, i think a lot of people you know giving the bums their due credit for the great draft that they had but i think it's going to go to their heads a little bit they are they are a great team but they're not invincible they were down to nothing in the championship series um they did lose a series at the beginning of the year given it was that series where there were like seven total runs scored, but they did lose a series. They were down to row in, in the Mickey Mouse title this year they, um, they did they did lose to the rcc's when they had matt cunningham 
Yes, they are. They are not an invincible team, and I think they they know how good they are. But I think it's it's going to make them a little cocky because everybody kind of knows how good they are. But the problem is they know how good they are, and if they know how good they are. That could go to their heads, and if they get off to a slower start, you know, they're not their liability to you know fall behind if certain things go. So if DS starts to lose his confidence, if Jonathan's pitching doesn't hold up, if Nick's pitching and fielding doesn't hold up. They're going to have to do what they did last year and hit everybody. And if that's the case, you know, that's not a way to win in the summertime because everybody starts hitting in the summertime. Everybody except for me at least hits in the summertime. I don't hit ever, but everybody else hits in the summertime. You hit um, sometimes. You hit sometimes. Come I, on. I hit. Come on. I do, I, I'm, I do it on carefully. Um, Come on. Let's let's not be all Frank the Tank here and just be, oh, I never do anything. Where? But, you know, my pick was the Flakes, and it's because they have a better team than people realize. You know, Mm. Miller has the talent to be that number two starter. Billy showed this past year he can be a number two starter. Sato had a great first season. Zach's always, always been one of the top three pitchers in the league. And every single one of them can hit, too. You know, they are a really, really good core of players. There's a lot of good attitudes on that team. They're all going to have fun together. They're all going to, you know, get behind Zach and... You know, do what he says and not not stress about the little things because that's his job. And I I think that they're going to come out and have a good show. All right, Billy, who do you got? I I'm I'm honestly hoping it's the expansion team. To be honest, I think it's going to be good if there's new young blood in the league. I don't know much about these kids. I talked to Mike a little bit about it before, and they all seem like athletes who are young, have added like have energy, have nothing better to do. You know, like like us, some of the older guys, like people have jobs and shit like that wives to deal with kids to deal with at home and everything like that um so i think the youth in the league in season three is going to really show out interesting pick there okay so that leaves us with one final prediction to make and that is who will be when it is all said and done who will be in the championship series and who will take it home the season three crown mike i will let you Start. The floor is yours. I'm going to say it's going to be the RCCs versus the Beauties in the ship. I think that it's the two teams that are not as highly recognized. You know, I, the people see the bums. You know, I pick the, the place to win the regular season, but I'm going to go with the two teams that aren't, you know, highly recognized. And I think the RCCs are going to win that series in five games. This is Alex last summer here in the Wiffle Ball League. He is, he is joining you in the retirement ranks after this year. I believe he's got, you know, a job lined up in New York to work remotely for now, but he will eventually. New York, so he his football ball career will be ending. He's going to want to go out on the top. Marcus is going to want to have a good showing and come one overall pick. Paul's going to want to have you know a really good summer playing football ball. And I want to show out to Tom to what I can do. I I think we're we're hungry. We're out to prove what we can do because we've always been a good team when we had that second really good player to compliment Alec. Our problem has been we haven't always had that. And Marcus is somebody who shows up more consistently um, and has the talent to be. That perfect complimentary piece to Alec. We're ready to, you know, come out and uh, get this title, and we want. So RCCs over the beauties. How many games? Five games. Five. All right, Billy. Let's hear yours. The energy in this room is crazy right now. Mike is so confident, and that confidence just pushed into me and I'm very confident that the flakes are going to go. We're going to go back. We're not going to be the Buffalo Bills. We're not going to lose three or four pro. We're going to get the, get it off. We're going to get the deed done. It should have happened this year. I think heat had to do with it. I think 
um, the situation with Dan, uh, DR at the end of the year, whether or not it would have like changed anything, you know. Um, but I think, I mean, I have to be confident in my boys, you know. Uh, Zach, his draft strategy, he he was doing something, so ne- needed the pieces that he got, and hopefully that's the case. Um, and I think it's going to be us versus either. I guess I shouldn't do either. I think it's going to be us versus the uh, the new team, the Young Guns. The uh, beauties. Okay, and how many games do you think that series would go? Should have been a sweep this year. It'll be a sweep next year. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. I'll wow. Getting yeah, the I'll getting the it. monkey getting the monkey off the back with a sweep. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, I think Nick is on to something. I think it'll be snowflakes and the bums again. I, I, I'm not ready to put the RCCs quite in the conversation for championship just yet. I got to see it. And with the expansion teams, I, again, we have, they could, they could flame out. They could be unworld, otherworldly. So I don't know. I'm just going with my gut here. And the gut says, take the safe pick of bums and snowflakes getting back to the championship. But here is where I differentiate from Nick is that I remember my season one championship run with the Hanks, and I feel like the Snowflakes have the makings of doing it and repeating that feat. So I am going to say Snowflakes will get the monkey off their back. I'm with Billy. It will be Snowflakes over the bums in five. Won't be a sweep. Won't be a sweep. But it'll be a competitive back and forth series like it was up until game five last year. But I've got the snowflakes getting the monkey off their back in season three. So that's just about going to do it here for the WBL season three preview show. Do you guys have any final thoughts you'd like to get off your chest before we sign off here? Um, I have a question, not really a thought. So I know we did the whole redraft, but if the teams weren't going to change much, what was the was the thought process between no longer the Hanks just because um, Miller didn't want to be a captain and the whole thing with DJ not being there? Is that kind of what happened? Uh, the, the, the DJ thing kind of popped up after... It had been decided to do a redraft, so that had nothing to do with it. It honestly came to the point where we couldn't get 16 people that we felt confident in that could show up on at least on a weekly to semi-weekly basis. And so the captains just elected to kind of cut off what they felt was the potential dead weight at the end and instead of forcing each team to only have three reliable people and one person that maybe they show up, maybe they don't every week, then just give them four people that they feel confident in that will show up more off most weeks. And that's the option they decided to go in. Then the DJ. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's, that's, that's cool. I'm excited, you know? Mm-hmm. Then the DJ thing popped up and that's why DJ went from being the second pick in the original draft to the third to last pick in the redraft so he was he was the eighth pick out of nine. Oh, he was oh so second he went from second overall to second to last even even better so um that's just a unfortunate thing that i wish didn't happen but i can't force captains to pick the best player available on the board even if there is sort of an availability constraint towards the end of the season Uh, i have to respect the captain's uh decisions and they had certain uh qualities traits uh, that they were looking for and from what i could tell from from my view of it they got what they wanted so it seems like yeah. everyone got what they wanted at the end of the day 
we'll just have to see how things shake out. We'll have to see how the beauties, our first expansion team, do in their first season. And we'll, we'll see if we can't get another expansion team in here for season three. I think that's going to do it here. So for Billy Campbell, Lil Mike, Nick, briefly on producer duties before he bailed to go play freaking Fortnite. Uh, I'm Ryan Brown, and we will see you next time.